Hello and welcome to another episode of the Revolutionary Podcast. This is Tito Sotolongo, your podcast pastor, as well as pastor at tabernacleofgod.church. Now, my purpose is to help you find faith in Christ and to follow through in your life. And so this past Sunday, I continued a series called The Devil Wears Unmasking Temptation, where we are exposing the lies of the enemy so that we can learn how to truly enjoy life. Now, this week, we looked at a very familiar story regarding Jesus and a widow's offering so that we could unmask the false religion of works. Man, let's dive right in. Guys, we are in a series called The Devil Wears, and we're talking about all these little elements of masks that the enemy likes to put on, likes to use to mask to lies for us to buy into, to mask things to get us either confused or discouraged from finding God or knowing God. And so every week has been a kind of a beware, like beware of yourself was week one, beware of the love of money, you know, yeah, last week. And so today is going to be this, beware of the false religion of works. Okay, beware of false religion of works. And what I mean about that, what does it want to mean by false religion is that this, the enemy knows, I was like, oh, oh, you on this Jesus kick, you on this faith kick. I was like, okay, all right. So what can he do to confuse you, to make you think this is what it looks like to be a Christian? This is what it looks like to have faith. This is what, and so here's the thing. The enemy has no problem with religion. Okay, demons and the devil don't got an issue with religion. They got an issue with the truth, though, the religion that is in the truth. Because religion just, I know sometimes we don't like that word. And I was like, oh, I like, I, you know, I don't have religion. I have a relationship with Jesus. And I was like, I know, I, I, I got it. Okay, chill. Okay, but here's the thing. Religion is nothing, just what you believe. Okay, so what you believe in regards to God. So we all have that. That is a religion, my guy. Okay, so it is what it is. But the enemy likes to form and get you. It's like, oh, you want to do religion? Okay, cool. I got an option for you to make you think you're doing it right, to make you think that it's all, you got all this busy activity, but then you end up being just a busy bee, all buzz, no nectar, all buzz, all sound, no honey. That's what the enemy wants. That's what the enemy wants for you to be so busy with all this Christian activity, and then you ain't producing that kind of honey, and then you think, oh, this don't work. This don't work. That's the enemy's mask, all right? That's the enemy's mask. He confuses you on what work should you do. What is the what you're supposed to do? Now, I was thinking of this, and I thought of this quote. I'm pretty sure someone's ever heard this, said this. If not, I know you've done it. Have you ever heard of the quote? It says, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Anybody, right? If you want it done right, do it yourself, all right? Have you ever just been so impatient with somebody? Then I'm like, just, 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 just give, go. Okay, let me just do it. Just stop. Just get, get out, okay? Get out, remove yourself, okay? Let me just do this. You've ever done one of those, right? It's kind of a situation. Me and my wife, one of the ones that we have is folding clothes, okay? I have a way that I fold clothes. Apparently, I'm wrong, okay? But but it's okay. I, you know what? It, it is. I mean, mine is like a... Uh, okay, it's quick. It, it's a little messy, okay? I, I'm just trying to be efficient. I hate folding clothes. I just do. I hate folding clothes. So we come up with a compromise because she's like, just, just stop. Stop. You're stressing me out. Okay. It's anxiety to know that even though she can't see, the, knowing that they're horribly folded inside the drawers. Okay. So, so we come up with a pro, we, our program is this. Okay. 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 She folds. I put them away. There we go. So no fights. So that's, that's our situation. 
But I know I've been like that. I've been like, yo, if you want it done right, do it yourself. And sometimes you think it's easier. Look, it's just easier if I just do it, right? But let's be honest, though. If, if you don't let anyone else do, how are they going to learn? Right? Mom, dad, think about this with your kids, wives with your husbands, husbands with your wives, everybody, okay, your friends. If, all, if you keep on doing it for them, how are they going to learn? They're not. And so, and I've done that, and I'm trying to learn to, okay, instead of where I could have, how can I just have somebody else do? Or I'd rather show somebody else because then that you get overwhelmed because you do too much. And then you start complaining that no one else knows what they're doing. No one else is helping. But then sometimes because when they do it, they do it wrong. And then you yell at them. Or you won't let them do it because you know they're going to do it wrong. You, get, you catch me on that? And so here's the thing for all of us to understand. Because the enemy, there's a form of works of religion. That the enemy wants you to get confused about what work you're supposed to do, what's God's work, and what's yours. What's God's job, what's your job. Because there's a lot of us who be like, all right, God, I ain't seeing you coming through, or I'm not seeing you do this, or I'm just going to do it for you. And there's a lot of times we will end up, the enemy wants to get us so wrapped up in doing that we are doing God's job for him, and we don't realize it. We're just busy, we're just doing. And here's the thing. If we, we... We'll, we'll never learn to see God move. We just sang that. God, move, right? Move. We will never see, we will fail to learn to see God move if we won't let God do his job. You catch that? You're never going to learn to see God move in your life if you don't let him do his job. And that's why when we're talking about the false religion of works, it's you, we got to hit this one because, look, the false religion of works wastes your time, your efforts, your energy, your money. It's a waste. It's a waste. False religion of works is a waste. And I don't want you to waste any more time. And, look, you're not going to be perfect at this. There's going to be times. But hopefully if I can, you know, the, the goal is to give you such a framework that you can catch it and you can catch yourself. You got me? And so we're going to look at something in, in the word. We're going to look at Jesus. And Jesus taught something really unique. And we're going to look at a verse that oftentimes gets very narrowly interpreted. And I believe a lot of times misinterpreted. Because we don't see the bigger picture of what God was, Jesus was talking about. All right. Have you ever, I, know, I don't know if you ever read the Bible. If you do or not, I hope you do. If you haven't, try it. it it's pretty interesting. But, uh, you know, check out the Bible. But a lot of times we'll read like a verse and we'll read a couple sections and we just read it in this like context, right? But we, we just read the text, but sometimes we don't understand the context. And then that gives even more depth in life. So that's what I'm going to do for y'all today. And so we're going to look at Luke, not Luke. Are we in Luke? Maybe so. I picked the verses. Yes. Okay. We're in Luke. Okay. We're on Luke 20. All right, and let me just give you a quick little backdrop here of what's happening right before we jump in. This is Jesus in Jerusalem, okay? Jesus is in Jerusalem. This is the week right, this is pre-Passover, right before Jesus is about to go on the cross, okay? The whole triumphal entry, riding on the donkey, all that's happened. That was on a Sunday. And then within the week, crucified. So Jesus shows up riding on that donkey on a Sunday. By next Sunday, Jesus is rolling out of the grave, okay? Like, it's, it's that quick. There's a lot happening. And Jesus is spending this whole week interacting, talking, teaching, 
you know, people and being challenged. Religious leader after religious leader coming up, trying to make Jesus look bad, trying to get him tripped up. And Jesus is out there. I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the video of Bruce Lee playing ping pong with nunchucks. If not, you got to check it out. All right? It's amazing. This other pro is out there. And dudes with the, you know, fwa, 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 with just nunchucks playing ping pong. Amazing. And that's Jesus, just super flowy. Oh, what you got for me? Oh, no, gotcha. Okay. No, 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 no. Jesus was not only being challenged, but he was in challenging people. I mean, like a, you know, like a geez, straight, it was amazing. And so, but here though, that was very exhausting. Dude got tired. Jesus got tired too, you know that? You know, Jesus got tired too a lot of times. And so right here, we're actually going to look at what is considered by many Jesus' last lesson. His last public lesson, the last thing that he taught, the last thing that he focused on, the last image, because after this, it's the upper room with just his disciples and the cross. Here is his last lesson that he was going to learn. And so we're going to dive right in. Check it out. We're going to look at Jesus' warning. This is Jesus' final public warning that we consider. All right? We're going to look at Luke chapter 20, verse 45 and 40. We're going to read this and stay here. While all the people were listening, to, he goes and talks to his disciples. Again, he's being challenged in the market, in the, in the temple. And here he goes. Jesus is going to say out loud, talking to his disciples. And there's a big crowd there. Notice, people are listening. People are leaning in. In that crowd are just regular folks, religious leaders, religious scribes. Here's what Jesus says. Beware of the scribes. Okay, these were the people who, had to, who knew the word of God, who had to write it down. I mean, these were the religious, the smartest of the smarts. They knew it all. Beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes, who love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and say long prayers just for show. These will receive a harsher punishment. So let's just keep it here for a minute. So here he's saying, beware. Beware. Now, he is what he's really encouraging all those who are listening. He's talking to his disciples, but he's talking loud enough to make sure people are hearing as well. Beware to compare yourself is where he's starting. Beware to compare yourself because those religious scribes, listen, those were the heroes. Those were the influencers. Everybody was like, these guys are the holiest of the holy. They were the standard. They were the standards. Like, I want my kid to be a scribe. I want my kid to be a priest. You know, because it was an important position, still is. It's my job. Okay, it is, it is. It's an important position. But the thing is, is that they, got, they, they put these people on pedestals, so high pedestals. And they would always A-B compare themselves with them. And they would say, wow, that's what it looks like to live uh, like holy for God. And Jesus is exposing them, saying, no, no, listen, you see them? They wear their long robes. And they, I mean, these guys, a lot of their priestly garments were only meant to be worn in the temple. These guys are out in the streets. They wanted people to know, I am a priest. I'm a scribe. And not just that, because there was little things like they would have tassels and things according to the law they were supposed to wear. Well, they kind of added on. They kind of wanted to start a fashion trend. So if the tassel was meant to be this long, then they had some a little longer. And someone's like, oh, hold on, I can beat you, bro. Watch it. Ooh, look at mine. And so everybody, so they would A, B, compare the religious leaders themselves. Like, yo, whose tassel's longer? Whose robe is bigger? All this other nonsense, right? This is all this stuff. They would always fight for positions. They're always looking out for themselves right? Always looking out for themselves. And here Jesus is saying, beware, beware, because those guys that you are admiring, you're comparing yourself to them. They, that's false religion. 
that's not what I, this is supposed to be about. That's not what this looks like. Beware to compare and thinking, oh, I'm not as holy as so-and-so. You hear somebody, you know, just bust out a prayer. You hear somebody, you know, like me, say a verse, or, or you see somebody on YouTube do this, and you're like, oh, wow, see, that person, man, they're close to God. I'm not. I'm not like that. I can't do that. And Jesus saying, yeah, you know those long prayers that they do? Show. It's all for show. It ain't fake. Like they all phony. Yo, they phony. All of it is phony. And then even worse. Now, I, I can't confirm this. I tried looking, tried studying. Jesus made, I mean, outed. This would be like on TMZ, okay? This, like he just went out there on this, exposing dirty laundry, all right? They, ex, they devour the widow's homes. I do not know if this was common knowledge of the time. I do not know if everybody knew this was going down. If they didn't, Jesus just literally, even more reason why the scribes at this point, they're like, okay, that's it. 48 hours, yeah, he's dead. Within 48 hours probably of him saying the statement, Jesus was dead. And I'm, I would not be surprised if he was literally revealing a lie. I'm really revealing something for the first time that no one knew. Here's what was going on, guys. Back then, you didn't have the social structures and systems like we have today with certain elements of government and help. But if you were a widow back in then, or if you were an orphan, you had no family, uh, either adults or you had no ability, especially if you were a woman who was a widow, you were in the worst scenario you could be in. You would either, you had two options, prostitute yourself or just die because you, no one wanted you. That was kind of a system. And so out of compassion, God created, say, hey, the offerings that come to the temple, there's going to be a, a good portion of it that's going to go to those who don't have family, who don't have those to provide for them. And, you know, if you have family, then you go to them first. But this is kind of like another safety net there. And so they were supposed to go. And so some of the religious leaders and scribes, probably out of their good, I guarantee you this started off as a good idea. And one of the scribes says, you know what we need to do? These widows don't know how to handle their estate. They don't know how to handle their money. So you know what? We're, we're pretty smart guys, you know? And the money is here in the, te in the temple anyways. So why don't we manage their portfolios? Let's manage their portfolios for them. Let's, they, they put all of it in, under the name of the temple and everything, and we'll take care of them. We'll take care of them. We'll pay for their stuff. They can come to us as long as all the money comes into the temple. We'll take care of them, and that way they don't have to sweat. They don't have to relax. They're taken care of. I guarantee you that started off as a good idea, but at some point, talking about the love of money last week, at some point, these scribes weren't happy with the salary that they were making, and they saw, oh, see, she ain't going to miss this. She ain't going to miss this. It's okay. I'm going to take a lean out on her. I'm going to put a double mortgage, you know, on, on her situation here. She don't know. It's okay because I'm trying to help her. It's okay. And, and just they'd be, they be putting in the cut. And so here, these widows who had no one were putting their faith and trust and hope in God, in a godly system, in the temple, into those who were supposed to represent them. And they were devouring their financial estates. They were taking it all for themselves. And those, the least of these, they were being abused. So Jesus goes, yeah, 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 yeah these guys, yeah, you, you think they special? You think they fancy? You think that, look, all for show, all phony, and by the way, yeah, they're robbing all of the widows, and they're devouring their estates. This was super controversial. I would wonder, the, the, the hush, the, the gasp that might have just happened when Jesus said those words. Jesus says, beware to compare. I mean, these, and beware to compare, and be, could beware because these guys are devourers. All right, they're not happy enough with themselves. They kind of take, this is me when my wife makes mac and cheese for the kids, okay? When she makes mac and cheese for the kids, I'm like, all right, all right, pour. Okay, here's you. Okay, hold on. 
And I get a couple spoonfuls before I give the bowl over, okay? That's what I do, all right? If you're a parent, you know, okay? You just, look, you get, all right, bowl, couple, couple spoons, all right, now this is you. Couple spoons, now it's you. We do the same thing with fries. When we go to McDonald's or something like that, I'm like, all right, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. I, I got to get a little 10% cut. Hold on, let me, let me get a couple of your fries real quick, and then you can have the rest, okay? And so that's what they were doing. They were just taking a little cut for themselves because they were selfish. Jesus is warning, saying, listen, you think this whole system, this is religion, this ain't. This is all fake. This is all fake. That's Jesus' warning. Now watch Jesus' widow. This is the part that never gets heartily connected to everything I'm about to show you. Check it out. Look at Jesus' widow. Chapter 21, Jesus looks up and saw the rich dropping their offerings into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow dropping in her two coins, or sometimes translated two mites. That was the name of the coin, like a penny. Truly, I tell you, he says, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For all these people have put in the gifts out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all that she has to live on. Now, I want to pause. Uh, this is in chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 21. A lot of times because we look, oh, it's chapter 21, it's like a new chapter. Because we, maybe we read chapter books and we think, okay, chapter 21, it's another day, it's a new story. Listen, this was not originally written with chapter and verse. Three, four hundred years later, it was, chapter and verses were added for better, you know, reference and stuff like that. This happened more than likely immediately after Jesus said, hey, yeah, these scribes, these religious people, this system is devouring the homes of the widows. And then Jesus looks up and here comes a widow. It's happening at the same time. New chapter, same story. Y'all follow? Y'all tracking? Here's the thing. And so first he says, who does Jesus see when he looks up? He sees the rich people. Now, you know that the rich people had a name for themselves. You know, you know what people called them? These, first, Jesus is outing the scribes, the religious. Now he's going for the rich. And now he goes to the rich, and, and this was the name that they had for themselves, right? They were called zingers. Zingers. People called them that. They were called zingers. The reason why they were called zingers was this really interesting okay you had and you got to understand the context man and so what happened was during the temple treasury there was these horns that would go in and you would put you would bring your offering dump it in the horn it would go down and you couldn't get it it's kind of like that black box in the back the second you put it in you ain't getting it back out okay it just it is what it is okay no one's hand skinny enough to to you know slide through that and so you would do that and the rich what the rich would do in the same way that the religious would walk around saying, look how holy I am, holding their Bibles in their arms, you know, the chest up, wearing the, you know, looking at the, the traditional Christian look, whatever that would be, right? or, you know, godly Jewish look. Jesus said, yeah, them religious people, phony. Oh, let me talk about the rich real quick. And so he goes and then and said, this is what they were doing. They were called zingers for this reason. They would show up with their offerings. But instead of, let's say a guy wanted to show up with, a, you know, $1,000, you know, quote, 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 whatever. Instead of bringing just a little baggie with, you know, okay, the $1,000 equivalent, dumping it in, God, thank you. No, see, they made it a show. Offering was a show. It was a spectacle. So if somebody was going to give $1,000, it's like you right now. Instead of you bringing up a little check, sliding it quietly in that black box and you don't know or just going online and doing that as well. Now, what they would do is. They would make a show. Like, oh, I'm going to give $1,000. I'm going to show up with a barrel with $1,000 worth of dollar coins, okay? And that's what they would do. They would just make. And so the bigger the offering, the one's like, woo, look at him. Because they associated financial wealth with biblical obedience. Oh, if you rich, that means you are doing it right. If you got money, if you blessed, oh, that means you must be obedient. That means God is, God's favor is on you. If you got money, if you got this, God's favor on you, that means you're special. You're doing it right. And then those who were poorer were like, there's something wrong with me. 
And so here the, 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 the rich would come in with their wheelbarrows and their bags, and they wouldn't just give it quietly. They're like, all right, yo, you ready? You ready for this? And they would take their stuff and take all their coins and just throw it. They would slam it against the offering box. They would slam it against the horns so that the coins would just ring and echo, zing, you know? It was like, so it would make that noise, and the whole court would be full, and everyone was cheering them on. Yes, praise God. He's so special. Look what God is doing in my life. I just got to show it off. Okay, now listen, there is a way when God does move in you, you can show it off. You give God glory. Like, Yo, God came through with this. Let me tell y'all what he did. That's okay. That's okay. But these guys were doing it for show. Zingers. And some of them were tithers. They were giving 10%. It was big, a lot of money, just boom, just zingers. And so here's the thing. We now look at the widow. She drops in two tiny coins. By the way, please do not do that next week, okay? No one show here. That's like the equivalent of one of y'all saying, I'm going to write a check for $1,000, but I'm going to fold it into a paper airplane. Guys, check it out. Look what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, look at that $1,000 go. And you know, I was like trying to make it into the box. Don't, okay? Anyways, so here's the widow, though. And this, this verse usually gets preached. If you've heard this word, this is what usually you hear. That widow gave two little coins. It's all she had. Those coins were the equivalent of maybe a modern day. This is hard to kind of figure out, but it's, it was worth one. Think of the, the math, one divided a fraction, one over 128, okay? And, and it was literally uh, 128th of the daily wage. So imagine whatever I think, you know, say the average American maybe makes $100 a day. This is, I think it's roughly the average, makes $100 a day. That's like her saying, I got $2 to my name. I got two bucks. I'm going to give him a two dollars. I'm going to give him a two dollars. No, this always gets preached like saying, man, look at the widow. That's the kind of giving that God likes. He gives it all. Total faith in God. Jesus ain't saying that. He, this, is not a, this is not a verse about offering on what God wants is 100%. Hold on, Pastor. You said 10% last week, and now it's 100. I'm out. Okay. I'm out. Okay, they're going to pass the Kool-Aid next week. Watch. Okay, don't drink it. And I was like, <laughs> listen, that's not it. Because everyone's like, oh, so what God wants is 100%. Yes, God wants 100%. He should be 100%. He should be Lord over all of our money, over all of our lives. Yes, that's not the lesson Jesus is teaching here. I don't think so. This is not about percentages. Because, oh, see, they only gave out of their surplus. They gave out of their leftovers. Nah, some of these guys were tithers. They weren't just giving God crumbs out of, oh, they kept so much. So is, then, is it unholy then to keep anything back from you? And, and, what's, and actually some people preach that, that, oh, biblical poverty is holy. Like that's what we need to live by. And that's a model. Jesus never once said, by the way, that's it. Stops conversation. Never does Jesus say instances like this. We don't even know if this lady had faith in God. Because never does Jesus once say, you see her? She just gave her two. What did he say? She gave she put in all of them, whatever. She gave more than all of them. Why? Because she gave a greater percentage. She gave all that she had, all that she owned. Everyone else got to walk away with a little bit with more than what they gave. She walked away with nothing to her name, zero dollars. All of these people have put in their gifts and surpluses. She gave out of her poverty. And so she, out of her poverty, has put in all that she had to live on. End of story. He neither do we, nowhere do we see Jesus say, and by, hey, ma'am, I saw what you did. And by your faith, you're going to be made whole. You're going to be okay. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus doesn't tell his disciples, go do likewise, like he does a lot of times. He makes an observational statement, a comment, end of story. 
Again, what was the complaint that Jesus just said a minute ago? What are the scribes doing? They're devouring the homes of the widow. Enter widow. Look, guys, you see what she's doing? She dropped in her money. She just gave everything she has to live off. She has nothing left. And again, what are, what are the religious people doing with that money? They're robbing her, and she doesn't even know it. Yeah, these might have been 10% zingers. I'm sorry, our hearts should break for this lady. She was a 100% sucker. She was a 100% sucker. Because the, the life raft, the, the rope of hope that they were sending her who had no one, she was being strangled financially to death by. And she had no she had no clue. Now, why am I bringing this story up? How does this fit in with false religion? How does this whole idea of false religion of works? Well, you'll see it, and you'll see it in a second. But see, here again, he's saying, look, the way you act, the way you talk, it's really good. There's a lot of Christians who might sound the part, look the part, give in offerings, and do this and do that. But deep down, you think those people got it together. You think those people are great. Look, don't beware to compare because... The standard is not you versus someone else. That's not what it's about. That's the busy work. That's the busy work part. And then here's, look what Jesus does. He says this amazing statement. I guarantee you, I bet you deep down, like his chest, I bet you his heart might have been beating a little faster. Because I said, look at this man. This lady, she just gave everything she had to live off of. She thinks she's going to be okay. She doesn't realize she has nothing. I guarantee you Jesus was probably under his breath. Like if he could growl, he was, he was furious at this moment of what he is seeing happening here's everyone's praising and looking at the rich and woo, look at them and here she quietly just did her walked away so much need there was I, don't, I mean so much waste was happening they could have really helped her and then all this stuff was being wasted and then jesus then says this last statement here's his warning here's a widow and now look at jesus's work Verse 21, 5 and 6. Again, this is still the same story. We haven't stopped. Sometimes we look at these chunks and think it's another moment. The, story, the lesson is still going. And some were talking about that temple that, he, that they're in. They're in the temple. They've been there all week. They, they're there seeing the offerings. And they're talking about the temple, how adorned with beautiful stones and the gifts dedicated, the gifts that people were giving, the financial ones. And what does Jesus say? Yeah, it's nice. But you know what? All these things you see. The day will come when not one stone will be left on another that will not be thrown down. Jesus says this, this whole religious thing that you see, it's a show. It's fallen. It's been corrupted. It falls beyond its purpose. Look at this lady. Look at, look at all that's happening. Jesus, but it is beautiful. It's great. I was like, nah, I'm going I'm to I'm tear this whole thing down, and I'm building something else. I'm going to tear this whole thing down. I'm going to build it up. Jesus said, in three days, I'm going to tear this temple down. I'm going to tear this whole system down. And in three days, I'm going to build you a new kingdom. I'm going to build you something else in three days. Just watch. Now, here's the amazing part. Whose idea was this whole system? Whose idea was God the temple? It was God's. It was God's idea because it was a, it was a means to an end. It was something that was purpose. It had a purpose to it. And there's principles that are in the temple, in the system, in the law, all these things that are still true today. They're still true today. But the people lost sight. They fell for the mask that the enemy put on what, how this all plays out. And what was meant for good was corrupted. But it was okay because, see, it was temporary anyways. The temple and everything was just temporary. It was a means to an end. And anything that had meaning to it, it had to come to an end. Its purpose was fulfilled. And now Jesus says, I'm here to do something about this. I'm going to tear this whole thing down. I'm going to set up something brand new. That's not going to be brick by brick. 
It's going to be soul by soul, completely different. Last lesson, after he saw the abuse and the show and the spectacle, no more teaching, no more lessons, Jesus went to work. He went to work on the cross. Within 48 hours of that statement, he was dying on the cross to dismantle that corrupt system that's called sin to offer us new hope and new life. Now, I I want you guys to just check this. Did you see all of the waste that is happening all over the place? Look at the waste of time. Look at the waste of money. Look at the waste of resources. Both the rich, the religious, and the poor all bought the hype that you can buy hope. They all bought the hype that you can earn it. They all bought the hype that you can work for it. The religious people put on their religious show to make others think, oh, you're special, or to earn favor from God. The the rich were making a show because they wanted to see, God, uh, I don't want to lose this money, so I want to kind of, you know, give you praise, give you honor. But everybody was doing it for selfish means. Unfortunately, so was even the, the widow. She bought the hype that you can earn Something And here's, here's my, my biggest warning for all of you is this, because I don't want to see you waste time. I don't want to see you waste efforts unnecessarily. And here's what the, this false religion does. The religion that the enemy, false religion of works, okay, is the enemy getting you to try to work for man's praises or work to earn God's promises. That's a waste of time. Okay, the rich and the religious, what were they doing? They were trying to work to earn man's praises. They wanted to feel significant. They wanted others to say how special you were. They wanted others to reaffirm me. Tell me how special I am. Tell me that I'm meaningful. Tell me that I'm special. Tell me that I'm loved. And all they were settling for was the praises of man. They spent, we were working hard to earn the praises of man. And that's not enough. Some of y'all know that. I know I've known that. I've, I've done there. I've been there. Somebody, you know, people can tell you to you till they're blue in the face how much they love you. But if you're just going to rely on a person's word and what they tell you, it's not going to be enough. The second they stop talking, now you don't feel you feel alone again. You feel, I know I've been there. That's when you only now, you know, should we encourage each other? Yes, but we don't put all of our, ba- our eggs in that basket. You know, we're not going all in on that. And look, there's so many of us that we're wasting money trying to earn the praises of people. Some of y'all are going broke just so you can look, oh, so that they can say that comment at you at school, like, oh, look at him, look at her. Some of y'all going broke, trying to look apart, trying to just earn that, and you are literally, literally, you are trying to survive on crumbs. You're trying to survive on crumbs, stale crumbs at that, when you got a banquet, a buffet that God's trying to offer you. Listen, do not waste Do not work and waste time trying to earn the approval of mankind. Look, some of y'all that are here, some of y'all, I got a lot of youngins here. Look, it's, it's one thing to honor mom and dad, which you should, but be careful. Don't waste a lot of efforts trying to earn, like to prove something to them, to earn their approval. Y'all, y'all catch me? Like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pressure on a lot of kids. And they do everything. They do the sports. They do the school. They do this. They do that because they don't want to let mom and dad down. And that's a lot of pressure. And you're trying to earn your parents' approval. Listen, honor them. Love them. Be loved by them. Maybe if they're not perfect. But that, that's, that's wasted effort. Y'all feeling me on that? Anybody old, old enough to be like, yep. I, I, I did a career and I was unhappy because I just wanted to, just wanted to make mom happy. And, but I'm unhappy, you know. So that's what I'm saying. When you're trying to work for man's approval, be careful. 
But then the other one was worse. I almost think that the, the widow, where was her fault? Where was her mistake? I think she was trying, who knows, in this system, she was saying, all right, I will give God all $100, all of my money, and I'm going to try to work to earn his promises for my life. Listen, you don't have to. You don't have to work to earn God's promises. You don't have to work to earn, say, okay, if I behave, if I do, if I accomplish, if I do this, then God will bless me. Then I'm telling you, no, because the enemy will want you to try and do that. If he can't get you working and wasting away, trying to earn man's praises, he's going to try to get you wasted away to try to earn God's promises. And it's like, oh, if I, if I don't have a, if I got to pray, if I forgot to pray today, oh, no, what, what's going to happen? You know, or, or you, you see that? No. You don't have to do that. That's not what this religion looks like. That's not what this invite to the kingdom that Jesus offers us. It's not busy work. I, I hate busy work. I used to be a teacher who hated that teacher. just gave you busy work for the sake of busy work. You had that, right? You just know. I was like, you just don't want to teach, <laughs> right? You know that. It was busy work for the sake of busy work. It got you nowhere. You just got your hand all cramped. You just wasted time. Listen, the enemy is offering you busy work. He's trying to keep you so busy doing. You don't know where. You don't know how you're doing. You don't know where you're going because you're too busy. You're too busy. With busy work, no productivity. Listen, I'm telling y'all, and y'all Christians here, let me lean in on you real quick. Okay, Christian activity doesn't necessarily produce godly results. Now, when I say Christian activity, meaning Christian activity for the sake of Christian activity. Catch me? I uh, can't miss a Sunday, can't miss a prayer meeting, can't do this, can't do that. Like, I, I got to be on point, get my act together. No, just because you're busy looking like a Christian doesn't mean that you actually are one. Okay? And be careful when you compare, compare someone else and you try to be like them. I was like, no, that's not the case. Do you know what true religion looks like? That's false religion. It's works and it's a waste. You know what true religion looks like? Look what James says. Jesus, though, the Holy, this is James, Jesus' little brother, James, he talks a lot about faith and works because there is a part of works that matters. And look what he says here in James 26, 27. He says this, if anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless, he deceives himself. We've been talking about being deceived and tricking your own self, lying to your own self. Here's a mask that, that, that the enemy puts on us. So look at your conversations. He says, pure and undefiled religion is this. This is what God wants before God to look after the orphans and the widows. Whoa, I mean, that, there it is right there. You can see why God, well, Jesus was so upset. Look after the orphans and the widows, the least of these in their distress and keep oneself unstained from the world. What does true religion look like? No, true religion comes out in your conversations. True religion comes out in your compassion towards others, especially those who are abused and, and can't help themselves. And then true religion comes out in your conduct. But not, you can't manufacture the, the conversation, the compassion, and the conduct yourself. You can learn it, but just because you copy somebody else doesn't mean it's true. See, that's why he, again, context. James says, you are saved. We are saved by grace through faith. Faith alone saves us. But Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., who's the guy for tomorrow. Martin Luther, the theologian, said, we are saved by faith alone, but we are saved by a faith that is not alone. Salvation is by faith, but that faith comes then follows up with works. Your works flows from your faith. Your, work, your conversations, your compassion, your conduct, it is all the result of your conversion. Y'all catch me? The conduct, the conversation, the compassion is all the result of your conversion. What God has done in you, to you continually. And then we grow in this. 
and we grow in this. That is what what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And so look, tomorrow, some of y'all, well, I don't know, tomorrow there's no school, right? And so there's no school tomorrow, all right, for some people. But this week, some of y'all maybe no jobs, no work, maybe, you know, day off. Let me tell you, this week, everybody in here is going to do something. This week, you're all going to either, you're going to work for a living, aren't you? You got to work to earn a living, don't you? You have to. You, <laughs> he was like, yeah, why do you remind me? You know, it was great until now. Now I'm depressed. Okay, I know. Listen, we all have to work to earn a living. Those of you in school, you got to work to earn good grades, right? You got to work no matter what. Everybody works differently, but you got to work to earn your grades. You got to work to earn a living. That's normal. You do not have to work to earn eternal life. Amen. Catch me on that because that's the mask. That's the mask right there is work to earn God's promises. Work to earn no you, can, you have to work to earn a living. You do not have to work to earn eternal life. You know why? Jesus did the job for you. Done. He did the work on the cross. Jesus did it. You don't have to work to earn. Here's the secret. You ready? And here's what you got to take away. Don't work to earn. You work to learn. You don't work to earn. You work to learn. Don't spend time working and trying to earn God's blessings for your life. No, work to learn how to walk in his blessings. Work to learn how to walk in his promises. You don't got to work to earn his promises. No, work to learn how to receive them, how to walk in them. That's what we're called to do. It is so freeing. It is so freeing. Because you know what learning means? It just means that sometimes you're going to get it right. Sometimes you're not. And that's why there's grace. Some of y'all are quick learners. Some of us takes a few times, okay? I put myself in that category. It takes me a while to learn something. It takes me a while to learn it. And you know what? That's why there's grace. No condemnation. You do not have to work to earn a living, but you definitely don't have to work to earn eternal life. All you have to do is put the work in to learn how to walk in this life. And that is continual. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, because here's, you ready for the last lie of the enemies related to this? Faith, I'm telling, this is not the lie, this is truth. Faith in Christ works. Catch me? Faith in Christ works. I want you to repeat that with me. Faith in Christ works. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try it again. Repeat after me. Faith in Christ works. Faith in Christ works. It works. The enemy will try to get you to see, no, it don't work. Putting your faith is not enough. You got to do more. Faith is not enough. You got to do more. And he'll trade, no, that's not going to work. Trusting in God, no, that's not going to work. You, you, you got to do God, God, you know, if you want to done it right, you got to do it yourself. Don't wait for God. You know, if you want to done it right, do it yourself. You know, no, no, go. Faith in Christ does work. But the enemy's going to try to get you to think, no, it don't work. You got to do faith plus, faith and. No, faith in Christ works. But here's the other thing. Faith in Christ also works. There's something that you're called to do. There is a response. Our, our actions, our work is a result of the impact that Jesus has made on us through faith. It works, but then there's also, it should work in us. It should work through us. It is something that Jesus does to you. It is a work that, look, when Jesus gets to work on you, that work then flows through you. That's it. That's what it is. You don't have to work to earn. No, you work to learn who this God is. And the more you do that, the more you realize this faith in God works. And the more, the more you allow God to do what only he can do, the more amazed you're going to be about all that he has done 
far more than you can ever, ever imagine. Far more. And so I want to pray with you today for a lot. So let's just kind of bow our heads. I want to, we're going to pray today, and we're going to wrap up with the prayer. Listen, a lot of you, there's probably, I, I know me. There's a lot of us who just, we're just, we're just tired. I know some of y'all physically tired because of jobs. You're the weekend. You didn't sleep last night. Maybe, maybe you have two jobs that you're trying to do, and you're going to school, and this. Or maybe it's just your health or your age or whatever. I know a lot of y'all are probably tired. But I know I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of you who are tired because the enemy's got you so busy with Christian activity that it's not life-giving anymore. It's life-taking because deep down you don't realize you're trying to earn God's approval or you want to be able to feel like you deserve it. And I'll tell you one. I'll tell you me. I spent a lot of time doing Christian activity when I got saved. When, when God, when I realized how, how much of a sinner I was, but then when I realized how loved I was by God, and I couldn't believe that he would accept me, that he would love me after all that I had done and after what I had become. I spent years feeling like I needed and I should pay him back because I was so in love with him. I'm like, I got to prove my love to him. I got to show him that his sacrifice was for nothing. I want him to see how much I love him in my activity, in my busyness. And, and I hate to say how much of a busy bee I was. It was a lot of buzz, very little honey. Until Jesus said, am I not enough? And I allowed, and the more I allowed God to work on me, the more his works flowed through me. Now, before we go, I just want to definitely encourage you just one more time and remind you once again that the false religion of works does not work. But putting your faith in Christ, that does work. And it should be freeing for you to know that you don't, even though you might have to work to earn a living, you do not have to work to earn eternal life. All right, so just beware of that comparison trap. Don't look at somebody else and try to see, oh, I got to keep my Instagram game up and this and that because, I mean, there's so many people wasting their life just trying to get the likes. You know, they're, 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 they're literally, literally their heart is so full, yet they're getting all the hearts on, on Insta. You know, it's not about that. It's not about, don't worry about the hype. Okay, we don't have to live for the hype when we have hope in Christ. So stop working to earn man's approval and stop working to earn God's promises. You don't need it. Work to learn instead. Work to learn how to praise God before man so that they can get to know how great your God is. And especially work to learn how to walk in God's promises. That's all we need to do, man. Let God work in you and through you. That's it. And so I want to encourage you, there's a way you can do that. How can you learn to do that? Well, you can do that by praying to God, giving him these things, asking him, Lord, if there's anything in me, please remove. But also study God's word. Let God's word do that soul surgery inside of you as well. And make sure to do the previous two things, prayer and God's word, not only by yourself, but do it in community with others who are doing the same. Okay? You need a crew to make sure to keep you from not falling for any hype but instead learning to enjoy the hope that you have in Christ. So thank you for listening. Be sure to check back as we're going to end the series next week as I talk about how to enjoy your relationships, even your romantic relationships, but really all kind of relationships, but especially the romantic ones, the right 
way. So remember, Jesus will revolutionize your life the more you revolve your life around Christ at the center. God bless you. See you next week.